L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Have you been thinking about LASIK but not sure if you're a candidate? Just go to LASIK.com slash quiz and take our free candidacy quiz. In just a few minutes, you'll know if LASIK is likely right for you. And if it is, we'll connect you with experienced LASIK doctors in your area. Start your journey towards 2020 vision. Take our free candidacy quiz at LASIK.com slash quiz. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember, so you know where to start. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the campaign moment right now, wherever you're listening. This summer, click into cordless power with Memorial Day savings at the Home Depot. Tackle more than half an acre of grass with the convenience and gas-like power of the Ryobi 40-volt battery-powered mower. And keep your flower beds looking fresh with the 40-volt cordless string trimmer. Then clear leaves and debris with the 40-volt leaf blower. No cords, no gas, no hassle. Click into Memorial Day savings happening now at the Home Depot and on homedepot.com. How doers get more done. What's up, Open Floor Globe? I'm Michael the Pod Pina, and I'm joined on the other line by my good friend, Sports Illustrated senior writer Chris Herring. Chris, how are you doing today, my man? I'm good, man. I'm, I'm jealous of your Yeezys. Um, I can't complain too much, but <laughs> happy belated. I'm glad you got a good gift. Somebody that clearly cares a lot about you. How are you? I'm good, too. To fill the listeners in really quick, my birthday was a couple days ago, and my wife got me Yeezys, and I'm very excited. And I showed Chris on our Zoom call right before I'm, I'm showing them off to everyone who will look and uh, <laughs> and applaud me and thank me and, and let me know that, yes, uh, my wife is wonderful for getting them for me. They're very expensive, and I would never, ever pay that much for sneakers um, for myself, <laughs> so I had to wait for the birthday. Um, so thanks so much, Chris. So before we start uh, today's show, I want to thank the entire Open Floor Globe for sending all your awesome emails in. The feedback to our last episode where uh, Rohan and I ranked the top 10 duos um, in the NBA was very aggressive and vulgar in all the greatest ways. So really enjoyed those. Keep them coming to <laughs> openfloormail at gmail.com, openfloormail at gmail.com. On today's show, Chris, we're going to talk about the Christmas Day schedule of games, NBA games that were released this week. It's an interesting slate, I'd say. Um, And the past two years, Gulliver and I ranked each game on an excitement meter, basically from least to most pumped up to watch each one. So we'll continue on that tradition here and then also dig into what the schedule makers got wrong um, and discuss which teams should feel slighted or disrespected after not being selected. Before we get into the ranking, I just want to say I'm generally underwhelmed by this slate. Uh, There's one game that I can't wait for, and I think we both kind of know which one that is. And we'll talk more closely about about why I feel the way I do throughout these exercises. But just with regards to the general programming, what what was your first reaction when you saw it? Um, some of these were some regular season ass games, man. Like (laughs) they're just really. 
These are regular season games. A couple of them that just happen to be on Christmas. Like I mean, I, I looked at them mm-hmm. and I was like, okay, I guess like Celtics Bucks. I guess like it's not. There's nothing Christmassy about that. Uh, and like you said, it. I mean, Jazz Mavs. I'm. I'm like, okay, cool. I guess they both probably deserve to get a Christmas game, but you know, against each other. I guess, man. Like it's just these might as well be on different days, you know, or, or like maybe opening week, but not necessarily Christmas. But I think what it says is that uh, the league is really starved of rivalries, and maybe this is kind of the the clearest example of that in my opinion, mm-hmm. that it is. Uh, I, yeah, I mean, I <laughs> I, I looked at Hawks-Knicks uh, and was kind of thinking that too. And like, oh, okay, well, they're trying to do something with that. And I, I remember even tweeting, I hope this becomes a rivalry because it was pretty clear that there were some actual hard feelings during that series. At the same time, you know, and I, I credited you for this months ago, um, you were maybe the only person I knew that picked that series in five in favor of the Hawks. I don't know that anybody picked it in five in, in favor of the, the Knicks either, but um, you know, it wasn't that competitive of a series. I mean, I guess it kind of was some of the games were close, but you know, a four, one series is not necessarily like, Oh, we've got to make this a Christmas matchup. I know that there was some animosity between Trey young and, and Madison square garden, but if it weren't for that, if they'd flipped this and put the game in Atlanta, I don't even think there would have been a good, you know, through line for that matchup either. So the league really, you know, the league will be fine with or without solid, solid rivalries. It always is much better when it has them, but I think it really stands out on Christmas day when you don't have them and you're just kind of trying to use star power or which teams were best last season, you know, to, to try to drive the entirety of, of who you've got playing against each other on Christmas. And it, uh, yeah, I looked at it and just like, there wasn't that much cohesion to the matchups, um, in my opinion. Yeah, the rivalry point is really good, and I think there are some rivalries in the league that just they ignored or neglected for whatever reason. Um, the consolidation of star power is clear here. You know, there's a few. There weren't a ton of stars who changed teams during the off season or anything like that, but you kind of look at. And I don't want to step on our conversation, so I'll be speaking very vaguely. But there are a couple teams that have many stars on them, and or at least big name players. And when you have that, it just kind of dilutes the product a, a little bit. And then there's injuries to Kawhi Leonard and injuries to Jamal Murray, which are just uh, that's just a bummer. And um, I think the league also going from last year with the Pelicans and how they kind of tried to shove Zion Williamson down everyone's throat. The league clearly doesn't want to do that anymore with some of the young talent. Um, So LaMelo Ball uh, would have been fun to see here. Um, Zion, frankly, is always fun to watch play basketball. Um, John Moran, et cetera, et cetera. You could go on and on with some really exciting teams potentially that just aren't here for whatever reason um okay so let's get into the ranking because it's just like impossible to talk about this without actually starting exercises <laughs> yeah <laughs> so uh do you want do you want to give your number five first or do you want me to okay I'll, I'll go ahead and give mine and maybe it runs counter to what i was just saying a minute ago i actually think nick's hawks is kind of the least if you just take away the big market aspect of this like it's not that glamorous if it, you know and maybe it's a little bit better if you consider you know the Knicks kind of leveled up a little bit here in the offseason I think they had a nice offseason certainly getting Kimba 
for, mm-hmm. for not very much money, um, essentially through a buyout. And um, obviously having, adding Fournier, I, I mean, to me, I think the one thing this has going for it again is that it, it looked pretty clear that these teams didn't like each other. Um, mm-hmm. They'll be at the Garden where clearly the Garden is not like Trey Young. I think the the biggest thing it has going for it is that the teams are are virtually exactly the same as they were, um, and just added a couple extra guys uh, on either side. So that anim- that animosity should still be there. That's the only thing it really has going for it. Otherwise, it's like two teams that you you think might be you know at the top end of the race in the East in the you know in home court advantage conversation, but maybe not. Um, so I mean, this is the league basically saying. Well, the Knicks were good last year, um, good enough to justify them playing on Christmas. They're the biggest market in the country. Um, you know, Trey Young and the Hawks, you could very easily argue that they deserve it after kind of coming out of nowhere to, you know, go from being under 500 heading into April. Was it April? March? I can't remember when it was. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and then getting to the Eastern Conference Finals, being very close to making the finals, you know, maybe a Trey Young injury away from making the finals. So, I don't have a problem with the Hawks being there. I, I'm not surprised that the Knicks are there. And fundamentally, I'm not surprised that they're playing against each other. It's just not that it's, it's not really a rivalry yet. And so, you know, maybe it's a year early on this particular matchup. But, you know, it also might have the most potential as far as the teams really hating each other and maybe a fight breaking out or something. I don't know. So, I, but I'm, you know, <laughs> just on paper... <laughs> On paper, I guess it's the you know it's probably the the least excited I am um, about any particular game. I don't know either least or tied for the least excited I am for any of these games. In my personal opinion, just because you know I don't I don't think the Hawks are gonna get back to where they were last year, um, and I don't think the Knicks are gonna make the finals. With all these other matchups, you've got a team in there where realistically that could happen or should happen, and so. That maybe that's where I'm speaking from as well. So my number five uh, is the same, which is wonderful. We're off to a great start, Chris. Uh, I mean, I'm just going to echo a lot of what you said because I agree with all of it. Like Knicks fans don't like Trey Young. I guess that that's like why they did this. And the game is at Madison Square Garden, which is something I kind of. I mean, I, I get it, but I also don't understand because or I don't think it's right because the Hawks spanked the Knicks why can't the Hawks players as you said everybody's basically back from that series why can't the Hawks players spend Christmas Eve in their homes in their home beds uh with their families like I feel like because they play in a smaller market Michael (laughs) it's dumb yeah I know they don't deserve it they play in a smaller market Michael why are you even asking this question how dare you (laughs) <laughs> I know it's 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 frustrating. Um, so that was like one of my first takeaways, and I personally yeah. just am not that excited to watch the Knicks. I mean, I, I think they had an okay off season. Um, they basically added right the Celtics backcourt. The Celtics were not good last season. Um, so yeah, like I I, I kind of look at some of the other uh, teams that were not, and I'm not going to name any names, but there are some other teams that are not playing on Christmas, that will be better than the Knicks next season. I would bet anything on it. So I'm just I'm just kind of confused, honestly, by this one. It's like they're pushing the rivalry, as you said, and we don't – I don't know who wants it, frankly. <laughs> so, yeah. I, like I said, I wouldn't mind if it, if it becomes one. Uh, but my thing is I, I don't think 
a single playoff matchup does that, particularly a single playoff matchup that goes five games in the first round. You know, like I said, it was pretty clear they didn't like each other. There are a lot of teams that don't like each other, you know, and, and um, we'll, we'll see. I, I just kind of feel like if, if they played against each other in the playoffs again and it was very clear that the same disdain runs as deep as it did this past off, uh, postseason, sure, mm-hmm. you know, then that then I think if this becomes a, a regular Christmas matchup for the next four years, then fine. Uh, I don't think it was at that level yet. Again, I feel like this was the league seeing an opening to get the Knicks involved in a game. Um, the league, probably rightly so, to try to frame, you know, a playoff matchup around Trey Young, which I think he, you know, I, I think when we see the national schedule come out, I think you're going to probably see a lot more Atlanta games because of Trey Young. Um, I think, and I think he's deserving of that. I think he's, you know, one of the guys they should be trying to build the whole thing around as far as mm-hmm. kids. And, you know, I've obviously worked on a story about that and, you know, how, kids in Atlanta just gravitate toward him and you know the first real star Atlanta's had in 20 25 years whatever it's been since Dominique Wilkins so I I get it I just think maybe it's a year premature and I I think it was really easy to kind of reel off a couple of teams that that probably deserve this a little bit more than the Knicks do for at least one or two reasons if, if nothing else mm-hmm. uh where we think they'll finish in the east relative to the Knicks and um, you know, I, I don't care that much about the idea of a home court advantage and, and a Christmas game, but you know, to your point, uh, Atlanta did more to deserve that if you were going to kind of pay attention to that. Yeah, so that'll be fun. Um, and my last thing I'll just say is that you know, adding Kemba and Evan Fournier and letting Reggie Bullock go in free agency, um, I think that you know, Trey's gonna have to play defense in this game, which is. Uh, I just like you know getting a little nerdy for two seconds like that's gonna be fun to watch to see how he hi- tries to hide and all that um but beyond that I'm just yeah I'm not super duper interested and the Knicks could be there's like a world where the Knicks are just straight up bad Nick I don't know I don't want to say like straight up bad but I did have them I forget where I had them in my tears but like 10th 11th in the east so like late December maybe they haven't caught stride yet maybe they someone got injured and they're starting five and they're just not a very attractive team, which I can see that possibility, which would be even more of a bummer than already is. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Have you been thinking about LASIK but not sure if you're a candidate? Just go to LASIK.com slash quiz and take our free candidacy quiz. In just a few minutes, you'll know if LASIK is likely right for you. And if it is, we'll connect you with experienced LASIK doctors in your area. Start your journey towards 2020 vision. Take our free candidacy quiz at LASIK.com slash quiz. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember, so you know where to start. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the campaign moment right now, wherever you're listening. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. 
Unbelievable! When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba. Org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Let me give my my number four here. Um, it is the Dallas Mavericks at uh, the Utah Jazz. So I'm excited to watch this game. It's It's got Luka Doncic in it. I love watching Luka. It's got Donovan Mitchell in it. Love watching Donovan Mitchell. Uh the Kristaps Porzingis versus Rudy Gobert um, battle is interesting, particularly when the Jazz are on defense. And we'll see, you know, the, obviously Luka and Kristaps run a lethal pick and pop. And is Rudy going to step out and all that stuff? It's just like, that's fun to, to watch. And I'm pro Jazz. I'm, I'm more pro Mavs than I was last year after the offseason that they had. So from all, like everything that's happening on the court, I, I think, you know, it should be high scoring. Um, both offenses shoot a ton of threes. Like, you know, it, it, from that perspective, it'll be great. I just think, you know, going back to the rivalry talk, and there's just like th- this matchup is so random. Like, there's no history here. There's no bad blood. There's no connection of any kind to drum up intrigue. It's just some stars uh, in the Western Conference just playing a random regular season game, as you said. I just, like, I don't understand why these two teams are playing against each other. Yep. Uh, well, I, I'll just be honest. I had this as my, my fourth one, too, or my second least. Wow. Kind of two for excited. two. Yeah. I mean, I just, this one, maybe even more so than the Hawks-Knicks, strikes me as a regular season matchup. It's not special to Christmas or anything else like that. At least with Knicks and Hawks, you know, you had the playoff history to draw from. And so maybe you could make the argument that it's less of a regular season game because of that. This one, I, I don't know. I I don't know. I, I just looked at it and I was kind of like, this just seems like a very regular matchup. And like you said, I think what this one shows is like the strength of an individual talent. So, you know, the Mavericks have Luka Doncic. If they didn't, there's no way they'd be even be in conversation for this game. And granted, I mean, there, there's no way they'd be in conversation for a lot of things if he's not there. But I think he <laughs> – right. it's interesting to kind of look at him versus like a Damian Lillard, which, you know, the Mavs will probably be a little bit better than, than Portland next year. But, you know, there are a lot of individual stars that um, that didn't get Christmas games because their teams really haven't proven that they deserve it. The Mavs are kind of right up there with that, and I think the the, the tiebreaker was probably Luca. So, I'm I'm fine with it. You know, it'll be probably a decent game. I think the Jazz will be legit contenders uh, and deserve a game. I'm sure there's some people that I don't really know of any people outside of Utah that like really, really, really look forward to watching Utah play. I, I think that they're, you know, they're that team and they have that reputation. And um, even though they, you know, I think they've kind of made their Game's more fun to watch with their offense and with Mitchell um, and with all the threes they take and everything else. They actually had a very, very nice offseason that I think probably not enough people are talking about. Um, But, you know, they could have played anybody, and there are probably a couple other teams that I would have said 
they probably deserve a game before the Mavericks do. But I get that it's Luka. You know, I'm probably a little bit more likely to watch it, you know, just because it's Luka. But there were other teams that probably deserved Dallas' spot more here. So it is what it is. Uh, you know, I, I, I get it. You know, it's good for the international argument, I guess. Although I'm sure there are some people saying, like, well, what about the guy that won MVP last year who's also an international player? So, I mean, there's there's a lot here. Um, I'm not surprised by it, but it is a regular season-ass matchup, like I said. So it is what it is. Okay, give us your three, your, your third team in the order here, Chris. All right. My number three matchup was the Suns and the Warriors. Uh, I Wow. I'm surprised. So I, I'm just going to say that so, at the top. I'm surprised. So I, I, I picked this one as – this is kind of the middle one. I guess we've got five, so this is the one right in the middle. Look, I get it. Uh, you know, I, I'm excited to see what the Warriors are this coming season, what they do. Mm-hmm. Um. From where I sat, look, I you know the Suns deserve a Christmas game in my opinion. You know they just made it to the finals. You know, game three they were you know two wins away from from making it to, you know, to becoming a champion. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, like they, I don't know where they're gonna finish in the West uh, this coming year. There were plenty of detractors that said that oh well they they benefited from this and this and this and this and, um, so to me I you know I. Without having seen the Warriors, without knowing exactly when Clay is ready to roll, um, how much better the Warriors will be, I I, I kind of look at it and I'm like, well, this could kind of end up being a regular season matchup too. Like we're 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 still thinking about the Suns and the afterglow of last year. Um, if they end up being a four seed this coming season or a five seed or whatever, mm-hmm. and the Warriors barely make the playoffs, you know, if Clay gets hurt again or if Steph has an injury or anything else. This ends up being a regular season as matchup too. Like it'll be a nice one with some star names and star power to it. But I mean, like it, it, it could end up just being a, a whatever matchup where there's really no history there either. So I mean, this is one of those where I look at it and it's, you know, they're projecting a little bit in terms of the fact that we're hoping or thinking that the Suns will be as great as they were last year, and you're hoping that the Warriors will be the best of what they've been over the last few years, and. um I feel like at least one of those things probably won't happen. So, I mean, if, if the worst-case scenario is the Suns, uh, and this isn't the worst-case scenario, but like let's say the Suns are close to as good as they were last year and the Warriors are a, you know, a fringe playoff team for whatever reason, then it's you know at that point I get why the Warriors have a Christmas game because they're the Warriors and they have Steph and they would have Clay and Draymond and they're still a, you know, a name brand for the NBA, but it wouldn't necessarily justify um, – you know, being one of the best matchups you could possibly have on Christmas. So to me, it was just kind of like a whatever game. I, I feel like you could have had this game on any day of the year as well without it being Christmas. Yeah, it feels like a like a preview to a contentious playoff series in 2022 between two teams that want to win the title and I think will contend for the title if everything breaks right for them. But like, I, I don't it's just like I, there's nothing to work off of beyond like a Steph CP rivalry going back like I don't even know how long when those two first matched up when he was back on the Clippers and it was like right. 2015 2014 like so if like one of those two two point guards who are in their mid to late 30s um if one of them doesn't play for whatever reason in this game, it's like, why would I watch this? Right. <laughs> just, right. Just like, and if you're going to have a rivalry like that, normally, you know, if you've got, 
your Kobe and your LeBron or something like that, that's different. I mean, because I'll give Steph his credit, but like Chris Paul may not go off for 25 or 30. I mean, the fact Mm -hmm. that when I talk about Chris Paul going off that I'm starting at 25 tells you a lot. Like he's not, that's not what he's known for. So you can frame a matchup around that, but I just kind of feel like Chris Paul is one of the stranger people to frame that around because he's not, you know, he's, he's not someone that's looking to kill you through his scoring alone. I mean, like he could go off for 14 assists. And so I, and he's going to be old. I mean, he already is. So it's, it's, I mean, that's completely (laughs) fine. They do have the personal rivalry. I I feel like I actually kind of forgot about that angle of it as we're talking about it, but it's look, I'm, I'm, I'm fine with it. It's fine. It's, you know, it's, it's not the worst of the Christmas games in my opinion, but it's, it's not the best either. And I didn't think it was particularly, particularly close to being the best. Yeah. I mean, you know, I feel happy for Devin Booker and for people who, for whatever reason, still are not in on the Devin Booker train. He's just, he's a joy to watch offensively, can make every single shot in the game. He should be even better next season, so that'll be fun. Um, You know, we're building off of this team making a finals run, the Suns I'm talking about, of course, where you have DeAndre Ayton and Mikael Bridges and Cam Johnson, just like guys who you know, uh, are knocking on the door of just going up a level in terms of their stature in the league. So that's cool. And I don't know, the Warriors have some, like, interesting young talent that could pique your interest with Wiseman and Moses Moody and Kaminga and all that. But it's just, it's, it's uh, I don't know, I'm just, like, not... I love the NBA. I feel like I'm being such a Debbie Downer right now, but but like I just I can't get like super duper pumped about this particular matchup, especially when there are just other and we'll get into this later, there are other teams I would much rather see these two square off against. I just don't understand why these two are the ones that got paired up here. It's just it's weird. Well, well two things. It, so um one this could all change really quickly if somehow Golden State was able to trade some of their youngsters for a star between sure. now and Christmas, uh, where I think all of a sudden my interest peaks a lot higher um, if they do that. But secondly, was this your number? Was this like your middle tier matchup, or was this your was this your second best matchup? The Warriors Suns. Did you have that one, or was it a different one that you picked? This was number two for me. Okay, um, I got you. I could I could see that argument for sure. And I just like crapped all over it, so it kind of tells you <laughs> <laughs> I feel about this whole slate except for one game. Um like I don't know, like Clay Thompson probably won't even play in this, right? Like he's supposed to come back in January. I mean, maybe he's back. I don't know. Yeah. We'll see. Uh but you know, I watched a lot of the Warriors last season, and they didn't have Clay, and it wasn't that fun. I mean, Steph is always fun for sure. Don't get me wrong, but I'd rather watch Clay Thompson on the court than not on the court. Um, controversial opinion by me. L A S I K LASIK dot com. Have a ton of questions about LASIK? You're not alone. That's why we created LASIK dot com, one place where you can go to find every answer to every question on your mind, like. How much does LASIK cost? How long does recovery take? How do I find a doctor? If you've been thinking about LASIK, go to LASIK.com now. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember, so you know where to start. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. 
The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. So my my number three is I mean it's pretty predictable I guess uh, Boston Celtics at the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, I am a Celtics fan, so I think it's cool I guess that they're playing on Christmas against the NBA <laughs> champs. Um, I I just don't I don't understand it though uh, beyond the fact that I think Tatum is a young star and Jalen is a young star. You have Giannis. Um, and I don't really need to say anything about the Bucks. They're the defending champions. Obviously, they were going to be on Christmas Day against someone. Um, but, like, just why? Why <laughs> Why are the Boston Celtics playing the Milwaukee Bucks? Chris, tell me. Why? No, I mean, this is one where I, you know, so this was my second, mm-hmm. I guess, most the one I'm most interested, intrigued by, whatever you want to call it. Um, I mean... It, only I I feel like if it was a tie with that one in the the Suns and the Warriors, the reason I gave this one the edge is because the Bucks won the championship, because at least that part of the equation makes sense. Them playing the Celtics, I thought was really random. Um, Super. Quite random. frankly, qu- quite frankly, you know the Celtics starting the season against the Knicks. Two. I mean, I guess you can't really call that random since they're in the same division, and you know historically there's history there. I guess it's been quite it's a, a while. Boston, since it New really York. Was. It's a yeah, it's a Boston, New York thing. Right. Yeah. So I understood that. I mean, I actually would have understood that more if you're going to say that both the Knicks and the Celtics need to play on Christmas. I would have understood that matchup more. And if you want to be completely honest, I kind of would have understood the Bucks and the Hawks more because they just played in the conference finals. Um, I wouldn't have you know, endorsed that as the matchup. I, again, I think that you could have picked at least one team from the East, and we'll get to that in a minute, but like, that could have fit better here that all of a sudden the matchup makes so much sense. Um, and I'm still kind of confused and scratching my head as to why one of those teams was left out. So, I mean, I, look, I gave this one the second, you know, the number two matchup on Christmas Day just because, you know, the Bucks are the Bucks, And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and, and Tatum and Brown, like you said, will, will make it interesting, I think. You know, they'll probably score a lot. And, you know, from that standpoint, maybe keep that game competitive and interesting and fun. And maybe that's how I feel about the Suns Warriors too. Is that you know, if Steph, if, if Clay can't play and Steph goes off for forty, 
which is what he was doing a whole lot of towards the end of last season, then, you know, then maybe it's interesting and entertaining. But um, I, I remember looking at that saying, like, what am I missing here about the history with the Celtics and the Bucks? Because those teams have been strong for a while, you know, the last three, four years now. Um, they've met in the playoffs. Yeah, they've met in the playoffs a couple years times. Back. But it's just like when it was in yeah. the first round, like four years, three, four years ago, and one was the Kyrie year, and it was just a debacle. So, right. I mean, there's like there's nothing to build off there. There's not a lot of the same characters. Right. And so that, that, that was my confusion there. I felt like they could have actually gotten a matchup. To me, like all the stuff I was saying about the Knicks-Hawks thing being a little bit premature, um, you know, I, like I said, if, if the Hawks and the Knicks had played and it had been a conference finals and there was that sort of animosity, fine, then it makes sense. The Bucks and the Hawks did just play in the conference finals. So you could have very easily had that be your matchup. I guess you get a, an extra talking point through the Trey Young MSG thing, but whatever. I, I was just kind of whatever about this one too. Like you said, there's only one game on Christmas that didn't feel that way. And, um, you know, and it's funny because even with that one, it's interesting. Uh, I think one team is a lot stronger than the other. Um, and I'm not even sure that that one is, is a great matchup. It'll get people talking for sure. It's, you know, it's by coastal. Um, so I, I don't okay, know. Okay, so I, are we are we are we jumping into our number one yes. right now? Let's let's go, okay. man. Yes. <laughs> so 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 real quick before I, I just want to say that I, I look forward to Dennis Schroeder dropping thirty five and Rob Williams holding Giannis to single digit scoring on Christmas Day. But okay, let's jump into now. <laughs> let's jump into our number ones. Um, yeah, I mean this is it, it, it's Nets Lakers. Obviously, uh, this was a no brainer. I wrote an article about this matchup. Uh, kind of previewing it as a potential finals matchup um, on the site yesterday at SI.com. You can go check that out where I just went into depth about why I can't stop thinking about these two teams going up against each other. It's it's LeBron versus KD, the two best players of the past 10, you know, 15 years in the NBA, however long KD has been in the NBA, frankly. Um, it's Russ versus KD, and we don't even need to... Everyone listening to this knows why that's intriguing. Um, it's... Kyrie versus LeBron, and those two have been sparring, uh, you know, via podcast <laughs> subliminally for the past like three, four years. Uh, there's just a lot of intrigue off the court and just narrative-driven stuff that is that is interesting to me. I kind of you started to say though that you think um, on the court one team is clearly superior to the other, and I I agree with that for sure. Um, I do think though, and I wrote about this in my story briefly but who is guarding anthony davis on the brooklyn nets like yeah. I, I feel like he could just destroy this front court yeah i'm sitting here trying to think on the fly who can do that <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah that could be bad uh i mean durant comes to mind but that yeah I mean, you don't want that. I feel, I feel <laughs> like Anthony Davis can incredible Hulk his way to the basket against uh, the the Slenderman. So I don't know. I mean, it, but if ever there's been a team that can kind of and you've you've written about this and we've talked about it and you kind of changed my opinion on it. I would say midway through that Buck series where they were just steamrolling for a while. Um, I, if ever there was a team that can get by without not having to have the answer to every defensive 
question they've got. Right. It's Brooklyn. <laughs> Doesn't matter. So, so I, I, I don't know. It's funny. Like whoever you threw Brooklyn against might have been a little bit of a, a mismatch on paper. Um, but I, again, I, and I think this was the point you made with Chris Paul and Steph. Uh, if you don't have the team rivalries to build off of, at least make use of the the one on one, the personal rivalries you've got. Durant, LeBron gives you that, and you know, the the Lakers, regardless of what they are next year, um, are going to be a team that you know they're going to be like the car crash if they're bad that you can't stop looking at. They're you know, mm-hmm. or the team that everybody's chasing, or are somewhere in between. But I think they'll still be interesting and intriguing. They've got, they're going to have storylines around them all the time, whether they can stay healthy, whether they killed their depth too much by going all in on the Russ move, whether Russ fits them or not. Um, you know, there's going to be all sorts of things, like whether they potentially need home court advantage if somebody gets hurt. How does that hurt them? You know, I, I feel like the the company line was always, oh, it doesn't matter where they finish seating wise because LeBron doesn't that doesn't matter to him or won't matter, you know, what position they're playing from. And then the Suns took them out. Obviously, you know, Davis was, was not himself and was hurt, but so was Chris Paul. And it, so, I mean, there, there are a couple interesting things to look at here that I think will make them interesting regardless of how good they actually are. The Nets, on the other hand, I think, uh, you know, if they even if they had only Durant, I think they would be worth watching. Um, that was the case last year. And if they've got two of the three or all three of their guys, they're, you know, they're, they're just going to be in a kind of a league of their own for a while offensively and really hard to stop. So I don't know. I, I, I'm fine with this one being the Christmas Day matchup. Some people, um, you know, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm fine with this one. There, this one, there was nothing to debate about. This is the one that I think a lot of people would have wanted to see. I think you easily, if you knew Clay was going to be there, you also could throw Golden State there and it would have been fine. Um, you know, and maybe you save the Lakers matchup for somebody else, but uh, I'm fine with this one. This was the only one that I didn't kind of side eye and say, like, why is this happening on Christmas? Which uh, normally the, the matchups are stronger than this, uh, or they make mm-hmm. more sense than this, but this one was just a weird year, I guess. So I have a, I don't know if this is like a, I don't think this is a hot take. I don't know how to describe this question I'm about to ask you, but it's controversial, I guess. And I, I, I came across it and I thought about it when I was just kind of digging into the research specifically about the two best players on these two teams. Um, fast forward like 30 years into the future, do you think it's possible that people looking at back at NBA history view Kevin Durant and LeBron James less as LeBron is the best and KD is KD and more like Magic versus Larry Bird where they're just perpetually linked and it's 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 it often goes unsaid who is who was the superior player individually and it's more about um hmm. these two icons question, really Michael. pushed each other and made each other better and were really great for the league that's a fantastic question um I think a whole lot of what you're asking is going to speak to what KD does when LeBron's gone, which right, I feel right, like right. that's the difference is that KD could potentially kind of own the league still. I won't say own the league, but like be really, no, really... I think he could, I think he can own the league. How I mean, old is KD now? He's 31, 32. He, he, no, he'll be, he'll be 33 this season. Okay. And it's it's hard to know how much longer LeBron's got at the top too. But I mean, he's I think he's already started to lose his grasp on best player. 
in the world. Right. But um, I think that's the big difference, though, Michael, is like Magic and Bird were basically out of the league right around the same time. Uh, they both accomplished a ton. Um, but the other thing that changes the dynamic, too, whether it should or not, I think is fair to ask. But staying on one team and, you know, your team already having the stars they had or going out and getting stars versus like actively leaving a team to go join up with other stars is a big, big difference too that I think something both of them did. No, I know. And so like on that side, you could say that it makes them equivalent in some ways, but I think in the eyes of other people and the way that people immediately kind of label bird and magic as like all time greats that really established something. I don't know. I don't particularly care that they did that or it, it doesn't hurt my perception of them, you know, that, that they did that. But for other nah, people, I think I it, it does. Uh, and, you know, like to me, it doesn't change anything. I, I think it you could make the argument that it built the league in a similar way to what Bird and Magic did as far as making it kind of about super teams for a pretty good chunk of time there. So, I hey, I, that's a that's a question I've never thought about, never really wondered about. I don't quite think Durant will close the gap to that extent. Um, do you? What do you think about that? Well, I was thinking about, like, you know, I'm not a rings person, but there is a world where Durant has more titles. And oh, absolutely. More finals yeah. MVPs. And um, I think if that were to happen, if he finishes with five rings and, you know, bangs out three in a row here with the Nets or three of four, or whatever, because if Harden stays, like, I just, you know, these, I just don't know how you're going to stop this team, and I know, it's a fool's errand to look ahead at the NBA, I know that, but if the, if Harden signs an extension, and if those two stay healthy, they're just going to be in the finals, like, I just, come on, like, they're incredible. Um, So, I mean, if he finishes with five rings, if he finishes with more total playoff points than Michael Jordan, then I think... It'll be, you know, when we're just looking at numbers, it'll be like, oh, like Kevin Durant's career was absolutely ridiculous. And I think in the moment, it's it's just always been LeBron, 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 LeBron. Is LeBron the greatest player ever? Blah, blah, blah. But like if Durant is, when it's all said and done, just kind of firmly ensconced as the greatest scorer ever and everyone's like, um, hey, this guy's defense was also incredible and blah, blah, blah. I don't know. I just think it's like, it's just a fascinating um, like thought exercise, just how people will reflect on both mm. of their careers. And like, I just think KD is just phenomenal and unstoppable in a way that LeBron is as well. So I don't know. I think I just think it's interesting. That's a fascinating question. I'm, I'm sitting here looking at my bookshelf and I've got the the bird magic book that Jackie McMullen wrote with them and uh that's a that's Great a framing book. that I don't I don't think we've had that sort of question to ask really since that era I mean it, it's interesting you know for the the research I had to do for my Knicks book um you know going back and looking at every YouTube interview you can find there's one that I always thought was really interesting between when Pat there was one year when Pat Riley after he uh, left the Lakers and before he took over the Knicks, that he did an interview with Michael Jordan. And uh, it was right on the cusp of Michael Jordan making his first finals appearance. And Pat Riley asked him, you know, as, as the, I guess, you know, sitting in an anchor's chair, a reporter's chair, basically, 
Um, was he working for NBC for that? Year? Was that like a year he took a time? He was working for NBC. He was in the studio okay. with Bob Costas, and uh, he asked Michael. You know, and that, I, I guess that was probably the beginning stages too of when like former coaches and former players would interview current players. And so you start, I remember when uh, ESPN used to use magic to do like the Sunday conversations with different people where he'd talk to Kobe or uh-huh. Shaq, yeah. and, you know, it was always easier because players are more comfortable talking to former players than they are reporters that they don't know as well. But anyway, Pat Riley asked Michael kind of, if you never, if you never won a title, um, would you feel as if, you were somehow a failure in some way. Like, I think it's pretty clear at this point, you're the best player in the world. Um, but would you worry about the way you're perceived or do you feel like it weakens you in some ways? And uh, I always just kind of thought that was interesting from that standpoint because we didn't know what would end up happening with him. Michael didn't even know. And Michael was like, no, I don't think I'm a failure if that happens. I could accept it as long as I know I worked as hard as I did. And then, then it's like, oh, well, Michael's the best player ever because he wins – all these titles in a row, wins two three-peats and, you know, right. becomes the best scorer we've ever seen by far, um, at least at the time, or at least at that position in that era and everything like that. Mm-hmm. And I think it's interesting in the same way, too, to look at something like KD because we've had all these conversations for really the last five years about where does LeBron belong in this conversation for greatest of all time. And really – Maybe because LeBron is there, we're neglecting the bigger question, not bigger question, but a question that's just as relevant, which is like, where does KD belong? And how much are people going to penalize him in a conversation like that, given that he joined a team that his team was capable of beating when he left, uh, you know, a team that had already won 73 games? Um, Mm -hmm. It's kind of an unprecedented sort of thing to really have to think about. but it doesn't make him a worse player. It might weaken him in, as far as perception, but uh, there's a reason that we all reacted the way we did when he decided to leave Oklahoma City because he was already arguably the best, second-best player in the league, whatever he was, um, in an era where you have the, the greatest shooter of all time, some people would argue the greatest player of all time, and then Kevin Durant, who could go toe-to-toe with either of those guys and did by playing LeBron in the finals with Oklahoma City. And then going toe-to-toe with maybe the best team we've seen in this generation. So, yeah. I mean, think whatever you want to think of him. But, like, he's going to belong somewhere in this conversation, whether it's a GOAT conversation or not. Um, I mean, I, 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 I'm not someone that sits and regularly ranks these guys. But, like, he's, he's coming. Uh, and, like, his point total is going to be ridiculous when he gets there. And that's going to be with injuries and everything mm-hmm. else and with having to share yep. the ball with other superstar scorers in Golden State here and in Brooklyn um so I mean you can't take any of that stuff that he's doing for granted particularly after an Achilles injury which is insane too yeah it's almost like that game that or the series he had without any other stars was just like him being like yeah this is who I am in case I mean he did the press conference or the yeah the little presser um talking to I think it was like subliminally to Patrick Beverly during the Warriors Clippers series a couple years back where he's just like everybody you guys know who I am like I'm KD and like that's what that series was uh, against the Bucks was just like I can do whatever I want on a basketball court I'm by far the best need player need a in the reminder world right every time but but you know it's so crazy <laughs> that that series in that moment I tweeted something and people were like it's so funny when people feel like you're taking away their ability to criticize someone where I was I, I think I said something if you 
if you were critical or hated Katie's move from Oklahoma City to Golden State, mm-hmm. this is the sort of game that you've been waiting for. You know, when, when he basically goes off for 50, I think it was 49, right? But, like, where, where you basically mm-hmm. go off for 50 in a game where you have to have it, you don't have any other options. It's the same reason that I think we kind of grown to love watching Steph play when Clay's not there, is that he can't normally do this. Now, KD put himself in a situation where he can't normally do that because he's playing with all these other stars. But, like, you kind of just have to shut up sometimes when he plays like that. I mean, even if you're angry that he's linked <laughs> up with other stars, this is what you've been yeah. waiting to see. And you know he's cap- – I think it speaks volumes that he's still capable of doing it even after um, – like, if you think it made the game too easy for KD, okay, go to high school level and play there for years – and then go back to playing against the NBA for a game, I don't think you're going to drop 50 the same way that you did against the high school guys. Uh, if you think that the the degree of difficulty was just that much easier for KD, like he can, it feels like he can just turn it on and turn it off, which is just incredible. After an Achilles injury with someone of his size, you know, I guess he's tall, but um, mm-hmm. he, he doesn't have that much strength to him just as far as like you look at how big he is and – Anthony Davis and the LeBrons and all these other guys and the way they're built. I mean, Giannis lapped this dude as far as the way he is built. Um, mm-hmm. And he you know, was still dominant against Giannis and the Bucks too. So, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see where he finishes in that conversation or w- when his career is over, w- the way we think about him. I- is he closer to LeBron than really a lot of people, even myself probably, have given him credit for? He probably is. Yeah, it's just a fun digression. I don't know. It is. I've just been thinking about it because I was looking at their numbers head to head in the playoffs, and KD is obviously only three finals that they've played against each other. And just like their basic stats are almost identical, LeBron has obviously got an up there and assists, but um, that's just fascinating. Like they're both averaging like 31.7 points or something like that head to head. It's just like, oh, wow. And he closed the door on LeBron. I mean, he was, he basically, I remember that one. Wasn't it two plays during the that one series that he hit from like the exact same spot on the court from that wing three where LeBron was trying to close out on him and KD just kind of closed the door in one of those games? Uh, if yeah, not that was, two of those that was games. back-to-back years, yeah. Back-to-back yeah. years, you're right, you're right. Yeah. yeah, so, I mean, even if the numbers are the same, you know, and I, I don't know, that, that's the argument that a lot of people are going to make is that, well, KD had the luxury of all these other stars he was playing next to and LeBron had to do that more or less by himself whatever you know katie outplayed him you know even though the numbers were the same he outplayed him Mm -hmm. if only those clutch moments at the end where he had a little bit more left in the tank and maybe that's the luxury of playing with other stars where you don't have to work quite as hard but uh yeah katie is going to be somewhere very high in that conversation regardless of what you think about his you know moving from team to team uh he would have been the best scorer of his era in an era where scoring was you know uh, a lot of guys can score, but Katie is still the best one by far. Yeah, Open Floor Globe. Email us what you think about this. I'm very interested to hear um, your thoughts. Openfloormail at gmail.com. Openfloormail at gmail.com. Tell us why Kevin Durant is actually the greatest basketball player who ever lived. <laughs> L-A-S-I-K. LASIK.com. Have a ton of questions about LASIK? You're not alone. That's why we created LASIK.com. One place where you can go to find every answer to every question on your mind. Like, how much does LASIK cost? How long does recovery take? How do I find a doctor? If you've been thinking about LASIK, go to LASIK.com now. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember, so you know where to start. L-A-S-I-K.
LASIK.com. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the campaign moment right now, wherever you're listening. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Let's move on to discussing which teams were not selected for Christmas Day games and just who has like who should feel the most disrespected. Um, I'll let you kick this off because we were in a meeting yesterday or two days ago whenever the schedule was announced and um, you responded live to hearing um, that Team X <laughs> was not going to be uh on Christmas Day, and your your reaction like made me laugh um, during our Zoom meeting. So, you you kick it off, and you kind of let the people know who you think is number one. I mean, I mean, where where the hell is Philly? Like, I I don't <laughs> I don't have a big soft spot for for the Sixers. Whatever, you know, there are times I don't really enjoy watching them mm-hmm. play all that much. Um, but what the hell? Like, okay, so if we look at it conference by conference, you know, by the two conferences. They're the only top three seed that's not there. They finished as the top seed in the East. Um, they were, I mean, they were a, a fluky, I won't say fluky, that's not fair. They were a weird-ass game seven away from making the conference finals. You know, Atlanta knocked them off. Complete credit mm-hmm. to Atlanta for doing that. We're sitting here skewering Ben Simmons still, months later, um, yeah. for the dunk that he did not take or, or make use of or whatever it was. Um, there's a very good chance he's not there by that point. I guess it, for every day that goes by, there's a better chance that he does stay there. Even if he stays there, even if you know they're dysfunctional, that's a good talking point. That's a great talking point. Um, that's why we're, we're just saying the Lakers would be a great talking point, regardless of how good they are or bad they are. Um, so what are we doing here? Like they're they're a big market. What is Philly, the fourth biggest city in America? Um, people there clearly feel passionate about that team, good or bad. Um, what are we doing? I mean, I'm, I'm so confused. It's bizarre. And it's been I, so I bizarre. Like to boot them for Atlanta, you know? If, if, and I'm saying that thinking that look, you're gonna include the Knicks. I'm just speaking practically from the league standpoint. I don't care. I really don't care mm-hmm. who plays. I, I obviously care enough to you know to debate it with you for the, the sake of the podcast. But um, 
I mean, the Knicks were going to be on Christmas, you know, because they're the Knicks and they have a massive fan base and a big market and they get people talking regardless. Um, so if you, you know, before we were talking about, you know, would it made more sense for the Knicks to play the Celtics? Wouldn't it make more sense for the Knicks to play the, the Sixers if, if you need that to be the case? Like, I'm pretty sure those two teams have Christmas history before, like going way back. There's that. Um, they played really competitive games last year um, with, with the Knicks and the Sixers. I, I, I'm just very confused how you leave them all the way out of this conversation when they were a one seed, they have an MVP candidate, and there's no reason they shouldn't be pretty much just as good record-wise this year. I know you and I both knocked them down a peg in part because of the uncertainty and because of the fact that a lot of times dysfunction breeds itself in the, you know, in the sense of losing right. more. But even if you think that's the case, they have a margin of error to work with because they had the one seed last year. So I just I don't know what we're talking about here. And you know, <laughs> if that's my 1A, my 1B is Jokic. I'm not surprised by it um because Look, you know, what I think the league and everybody with this kind of unspoken thing last year is that he's not the most marketable player. Um, You could make the argument that you market him a lot better coming off an MVP by playing him on Christmas next year. Now, he did play on Christmas last year. I want to say that's not even the only Christmas appearance the Nuggets have made in his time there. But again, like you could have played the, the Sixers and the Nuggets against each other, quite frankly. And had maybe the two best big men in the league. That's a great idea. (laughs) I thought it was. I thought it would have made for a great matchup. And I know, like, probably the last part of the podcast we'll have today is like kind of a conversation about what the matchups could have been. Um, That is a golden opportunity to have those two play against each other to you know kind of settle the debate once and for all for last year. You know, would Jokic have won the MVP? Should he have won the MVP? Was Embiid better? Um, I would have loved that matchup. I would have been fine with it. You you build that matchup as a you know maybe the two best bigs in the league or. You know, the two best, I don't know, whatever. You could have had, you should have had the Sixers playing regardless, regardless of whether or not um, they're replacing someone. If you've got to, if you've got to make time and play two of the games at the same time, which they always have them one after the other, after the other, after the other. If you got to play one on NBA TV that nobody's going to watch, I would have watched a game with the Sixers and the Nuggets. Maybe it would have been just me. I don't know. But maybe I got to watch that shit on demand. I don't know. I'm surprised that they don't have the Sixers on. I'm not as surprised about Jokic, but Jokic probably deserved the game too. Um, a little bit weird to me that you don't have either of those teams playing. Certainly weird that you don't have the Sixers playing. I mean, it's got to just be the Simmons, like the mystery and the unknown there. But my thing is the Sixers have basically made it clear that they're not trading Ben Simmons unless it's for Damian Lillard. So... Either you have the Sixers as they are constructed, which is basically the number one seed from last year's Eastern Conference, or you have Embiid and Damian Lillard on a team. Like, I don't know what the lose, what how you're losing here if you're scheduling the and Sixers. If you get in. that, you better flex them in like like an NFL game or something because that would be yeah. Goodbye, that, Dallas, I mean, Utah. <laughs> seriously, I mean, like, I don't know. I was about to make a really crass joke, which I'm not going to go there. Um, but yeah, you you flex that game in. I don't know. You 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 somehow move their game up. I don't know. But the Sixers they deserved it anyway, in my opinion. Like I'm fine with the Sixers playing on Christmas. That roster, um, mm-hmm. Embiid by himself would have been reason enough, and Jokic by himself is reason enough. And that matchup 
honestly, if we're being real, would be more attractive to me than maybe the other four that we talked about before. Like the Sixers and the Nuggets I, would maybe be more appealing to me than the four other matchups we talked about. I didn't even think about it before you said anything, and now I'm d- like twice as upset as I was before we started this <laughs> podcast. Um, my so I had I had the Nuggets listed here. I had the Sixers; they were my number one, of course. Um, the other team that I feel should be a little slighted, and just I I I don't know, like the Miami Heat. Yeah, um, it's like. Not only are they really good and they have star power, they're, they have history as just an organization that people are familiar with because of um, all their success over the past uh, 10 years. And they were in the finals two years ago, and they made the biggest, uh, probably the biggest, um, off-season move beyond yep. West, Westbrook to the Lakers. Like, Kyle Lowry to the Heat is huge. And so... Yep. What are we doing if we're not like this? Is like a, such a transactional league right now, um, transaction heavy league. Maybe we should take advantage of that and highlight the most important transaction. I don't know. It's just I don't get paid that. That would be a great matchup too. Out, Philly, Philly, Miami would have been a good matchup. I mean, no offense to mm-hmm. you as, as a as a Celtics fan, Miami and the Bucks. You know, there there's history there. <laughs> Um, sure. No. Billy I, and the I Bucks would have been fine. I, I, I'm really. I was really confused. Uh, like I, yeah. I don't know. Like, is does Boston rate out that much better on TV than the Heat? Particularly the Heat with like a kind of a uh, an overhauled. I guess not overhauled, but like a retooled team. Do they rate that much better than Philly on TV with Embiid? I don't know. If they do, then more power to the league. But I. Yeah, there were three or four teams here that I've got that just to me would have made as much sense, if not more sense, than the teams that they picked. Um, the matchups that they could have used. I, you know, I mean, I don't think it, it's some huge travesty. I think the Bulls are a bigger market than a lot of these other teams. And I wrote the know, Bulls down t- here, but I didn't ever yeah. think that that was realistic. Yeah. No, I didn't either. I mean, but like you could justify it and, and say, you know, it's a team that has stars that maybe you want to expose a little bit more to national TV and the mm-hmm. off chance that they might be good. And then, you know, if that's the case, at least you've got, I don't know, they they put the Bulls on Christmas before with, I want to say with just Jimmy Butler. I can't remember if there's maybe one or two years where they had that. Um, I remember there's one year where the Bulls played the Rockets on Christmas Day and it might have been was that Wade? Rose that was without. Wade at the Wade and Rondo year. I, I can't think, remember. Now it's going back pretty far. They were really wearing like the really ugly jerseys, the really ugly Christmas jerseys one year. I remember they were playing here <laughs> in Chicago. Mm-hmm. But like they, they've had some teams that were maybe had name recognition, but weren't. No, everybody knew the Bulls weren't going to be that good that year. Um, I, I want to say it was after Rose was gone, and certainly after Rose was, you know, not himself anymore. But I mean, like they, they, Chicago's had much lesser teams that they've given pretty good airtime to on ESPN. So mm-hmm. I was, there were like four or five teams at least that I thought could have gotten more of a sniff here that would have made more sense. I was a little bit surprised that Miami wasn't there too, but Philly just kind of blew me away. You know that from our meeting yesterday. I like, yep. I like shut down our meeting <laughs> yesterday by like saying, can you believe that they're not, you know? So I'm, I'm still thrown off by that one. I don't know what the calculus was there. So we've already talked about a few hypothetical matchups. So, and frankly, already a few that I have listed here. Um, I want to just list one right now that we have not talked about that is so obvious and 
was such a layup for the league, I think. Like, Phoenix Suns at Milwaukee Bucks. What is, like, what is happening? It's like these two teams played in the NBA championship last year. Why are they not, like, they're not featured on opening night or the next night or the first week of games, all that we've been privy to so far. Um, they're not on Christmas Day. Like, what? These two teams played in the finals. Like, you want to talk about, like, trying to build off a little bit of a rivalry or something like that? I mean, it was a great finals, too. Like, yeah, all the main characters are back. What are we doing? Roll it back. Let's go. I want to watch that. I think I think that's the league saying we don't particularly care for this rematch. Uh, exactly. Either, yeah. either on Christmas <laughs> or wanting it to happen again. I mean, the ratings were. I don't even, actually. I don't remember what they were, but they they were like okay. They weren't. You know, I think it was it was decent for what the markets were. But yeah. you know, I, I don't know that so many people went out of their way to tune in to watch it because of that. And I think that's certainly for Christmas. That's always the league's hope. Like you get a good sense of what the league really would love to happen if all things broke right for them, which teams are playing on Christmas, which matchups they have. Um, you know, and like you said, to their credit, which I don't know, they deserve a ton, but at least they didn't force Zion in here. Like he would be very fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, when you don't see him, when you don't see Dame, um, getting Christmas games, it's because I think there's been so much full throated criticism of kind of just forcing, teams on on that day on the calendar to play even when the rest of the team isn't very good and uh so to their credit they did this this was at least teams that were at least you feel pretty comfortable saying that they're going to make the playoffs or they just made the playoffs um to their credit they did you know it would have been bad if the suns weren't on there at all um as a team that they feel like might not draw well or something like that i was more concerned about that Quite frankly, I think that they realize they can bank enough star power around uh, Devin Booker along with Chris Paul. It's not just Chris Paul anymore um, for the way that it's viewed nationally. And I think that the the finals helped with that. But, um, yeah, I I wasn't surprised when I didn't see a Christmas matchup between those two teams. I think, generally speaking, you know, those you you see their their fever dream matchups for that games like those like Lakers Nets is what they would you know, the league would have a field day if that was right. the, the title matchup. And I think that that's why you saw that one as a matchup. Uh, other than that, it seems like they basically keep it within the same conference. Um, you know, so we'll, we'll see. I'm, I'm not sure, but I, I'm not surprised by that one not being a matchup. So the last one that I have here that we have not mentioned yet, we kind of did a little bit, but the Portland Trailblazers at the Philadelphia 76ers. Um, Ooh. This is just like super spicy. Like, there's a world where Dame is on the Sixers and Simmons is on the Blazers. There's a world where Simmons is still on the Sixers and Dame, which would even be better, frankly. And Dame is basically auditioning or just showing everyone why, like, I don't know. Like, just, Dame, any other personality would do something like this where they're just, like, giving the middle finger up to the his owner's box, like, trade me. But Dame would never do that. But, like, there's, like, the possibility never. of something like that happening would be <laughs> uh, pure theater and amazing. And, um, I mean, talk of the trade would be would overwhelm the game in a way that I think is beneficial, honestly, to the NBA, or at least just the mm. people who soak up NBA basketball today and what they're actually interested in, sadly. Um, so I think that, that that matchup would have been really fun, I think. 
Yeah, it doesn't surprise me if if the league actively shied away from that, which I don't know that they do. It, it'd be interesting to be a fly on the wall with all of these conversations, but I, it wouldn't surprise me if they didn't want that. Um, they come under a lot of scrutiny already for the conversations that happen around Zion and Luca and every and Giannis. Yeah, I mean it's really easy to forget Giannis now in that conversation now that he's locked into supermax. But you know mm-hmm. the, the idea of these guys with the smaller markets ending up somewhere else or wanting to end up somewhere else or fans wanting them to end up somewhere else. ESPN is certainly guilty on some level of, of really pushing that narrative and driving that narrative through the, you know, the talk shows and everything else. But um, I, I, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if they want to try to avoid it during the actual game where it, it's giving even more voice to it. Maybe for the people that don't watch those shows or don't tune into sports center all the time to then have to be inundated with it throughout a game. Uh, it is a big, sort of elephant in the room that you can't ignore, but to have it kind of in your face for a full two hours, two and a half hours, I could imagine why they didn't want that, but would be interesting to see. And, you know, quite frankly, um, if, if Philly and the, the Blazers had had a matchup anyway, just because the Blazers are, you know, have one of the best five, 10 best players in the league, five might be a little bit high, but 10 best players in the league and, Mm-hmm. that Philly had the best record in the East. In a normal year, that would be a Christmas matchup anyway. So it's like it's not that far beyond comprehension that they would have had that matchup. Uh, I'm not surprised that the Blazers don't have one. I'm kind of happy that they don't just because I feel like um, don't reward a team that doesn't make any fixes after a while. Um, you know, any fixes really at all. Um, I know they have a star player, but... Uh, I, I, I kind of, at a certain point, I kind of get bored of watching them play, given that it's just going to be Dame out there and, you know, they're going to be kind of a middling team and they haven't adjusted their roster at all. Um, they probably have had the same top three core without really, this will be harsh, but like without really accomplishing anything longer than anybody else in the league at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I went back and looked at it. They've had Nurkic and CJ and Dame for I think five straight years and granted there've been some injuries in there with some of those guys. Um, but it's kind of like, what, what are we doing to shake up this team to make it any different to give us more of a chance or even less of a chance if you want to tank or something. But um, at a certain point you can't keep rewarding that with Christmas games, you know? Uh, so I don't know. I, I was fine with not having them on Christmas. Uh, you know, I, I would say I had about four or five other teams. I felt like were more deserving. The Clippers or a team we haven't talked about too, which granted they're probably not going to have Kawhi. They won't have Kawhi. Um, but you know, yeah, they, it's a tough sell. It's a tu- it's a tough sell. It, it's Kawhi. definitely a tough sell. But like you know, if we're just talking about deserving and market and stuff like that, okay, you could take them. Like you know, they would be the last of the teams I would argue, probably before the Blazers, someone like that. But Chicago, Miami, Philly, Denver, take your pick. Like I, I would rather see all those before I would watch the Blazers and and Dame again, unless it's just such a fever pitch as far as Dame wanting out and you know the just the dysfunction of it that would make it interesting but Dame doesn't strike me as the sort of person that's going to kind of protest the way that James Harden did last year at the beginning of last year so this conversation and this entire episode aside I want to say that I am excited for the 2021-22 NBA season I know it just doesn't doesn't seem that way um (laughs) I think Chris, are you? Good? Do you have any other thoughts? Any other you know matchup ideas or anything? Or can we kind of wrap this up? Let's wrap up. No, I'm good. Cool, man. So thank you again to all of our listeners. Um, I would love to hear your your 
all of your thoughts on the Christmas Day slate. I'm potentially by the time you are listening to this, the rest of the schedule will be out, um, and we'll probably be addressing some of that in a future episode. So email us about that at openfloormail at gmail.com. That's openfloormail at gmail.com. Everybody uh, continue to stay safe, and everyone continue to enjoy the NBA offseason. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The wait is over. The shy is back on Paramount Plus, and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the south side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn. Alliances will shift. And danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash the shot to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.